Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's open our Bibles this morning without wasting any time to Psalm 71 and the second verse and 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and the 14th verse. Psalm 71 and the second verse and 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and the 14th verse. Deliver me in your righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline your ear to me and save me. Amen. Another verse, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and the 14th verse. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We want to title the word, pray for deliverance and victory and God-given friends. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Pray for deliverance, victory, and for God-given friends. Praise the Lord. How many of you want all these three? Praise the Lord. I believe God will give you deliverance. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says, deliver me in your righteousness and save me. Praise the Lord. The psalmist is saying, my righteousness is like filthy rags because you said so. So deliver me in the righteousness that is given me as a free gift through the blood of Jesus Christ. Deliver me what I lack in my righteousness through the righteous blood of Jesus Christ. Deliver me as I focus on Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Deliver me, Lord. Hallelujah. He's praying for deliverance. He's a God of deliverance. And He's saying, deliver me and take it. There is nothing for me to show. There is nothing that I'm worthy to have it. But deliver me, Lord. How many of you will say that? Praise the Lord. Because God is faithful, He'll deliver me. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. We pray for deliverance. But that's not enough. We cannot ask the Lord to keep deliver you from the same areas. We need to move into victory. Praise the Lord. We cannot come every month, every year, hallelujah, ask the Lord to deliver you from the same troubles. He will deliver you. No, no problem for that. But that's no progress in that. Praise the Lord. He will. He's faithful. He's a merciful God. He is faithful to deliver you from the same areas. He gives you second chances. He gives you third chances. The Bible says if you fall seven times, you'll still the righteous man will get up. No question about it. But the fact of the matter is, we not only want deliverance in some areas, we want victory. We want victory in areas that once we have fallen, we want to have experiences of victory. If you are a person who was always falling sick, we want to have victory and we want to have a testimony of health and healing. If you are a hallelujah person who is mm, falling in unholiness, we don't want you to fall in always in unholiness. Bible says there is holiness. God's fruit, hallelujah, is the fruit of righteousness. It leads to holiness. So when you, when you, when God, Bible says, when you deliver him in your righteousness, he is also faithful to lead you to holiness. We want to live a holy life. We want to have holy moments and we want to have testimonies that personify what Jesus has done. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Bible says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. Who always, at all times, everywhere leads me in triumph. Praise the Lord. Triumph is not just victory. Triumph is an emphatic word. Triumph is a word that stamp what Jesus has done for us. Praise the Lord. I pray the stamp of God's victory will be praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the plastered. Hallelujah. Over your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. He's a God of deliverance. 
and victory. Few weeks back, I told you, the victory that you thought in your dreams will come to reality. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many of you wants to see your dreams come to reality? Your dreams come to reality. You keep dreaming. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Because dreams will come to reality. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When you say that God is a God of victory, what does it mean? We know that he gives us victory. David said, the God who delivered me from the paw of lion and bear. So he's making a point. He said, God gave me victory from the paw of lion and bear. At that time, it was a great victory. Praise the Lord. But he said, that God will deliver me from Goliath. In other words, the victory that he is going to give me will look greater. Praise the Lord. Than the victory that I had it in the past. Oh, how you didn't understand that. Hallelujah. The victories that God will give you, oh, hallelujah, will be greater than the victories that God has given you in the past. Well, let me put it across the way. Your past victories, your past victories will be small compared to the victories God is going to be about to give you in the future. Praise the Lord. Your past victories will be small compared to the victories that God is about to give you in the future. When God gave that victory in the past, it looked great. But the victory that God is going to give you in the future will make the past victory small. Oh, come on church this morning. Come on church. Somebody take it this morning. Hallelujah. Pray for God to give you victory that will look greater compared to the victories that you gave in the past. The past lion and the bear victories will look smaller compared to the Goliath victories that God is going to give you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. At that time, lion and the bear looks, wow. Oh, hallelujah. If you did not have a wow for the lion and the bear, you will not value the Lord when he gives you a Goliath. Look at David's excitement when he said, wow. I like David's life because when he see a valley, he said, yay. It's not just giving it, you know, for the sake of the reader, for him emotions to come up or for him to preach a great message. It is saying that, yay, here comes a greater victory than experienced in the past. Here is another valley and here is a greater victory. Hallelujah. Yay. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Just because your circumstances doesn't look like it, doesn't mean that you won't get the victory. That's why I said pray for victory. When the circumstances looks dull and dim, don't play a victim. Don't play and look at somebody and say, don't play a victim. Have you, have, you, have you noticed the moment that things descent fall into the way that you wanted it to, suddenly you pray, oh God doesn't love me, pastor doesn't love me. I remember that time that everybody rejected me those days. I know I need to forgive and forget by pastor, but pastors, hallelujah. Why past victories are important? The past victories is the only point of reference. Your past victories is the only thing that you have at the moment for you to know. That he will give you a victory in your future. Praise the Lord. If you don't remember your past victories, it will not connect you to greater victories. If you are an unthankful person, it is possible that you are going into a path of defeat. If you don't have enough amens for your past victories, you don't have enough value for what God has given. If you don't have a thank you for your past, how God brought you so far, but I, I'm going to put a foundation. Five types of friends. God will use you to lead you into victories. 
I call it a value pack phrase. What a, when you buy something, you need to buy the you need to buy the pack that brings value. Praise the Lord. You God wants you to God always whatever God friends God adds onto your life will bring value into your life and purpose here on earth. Praise the Lord. I'll explain that. Amen. Surround yourself with people who makes you think that I'm valuable. Amen. You are on the road to significance if you have friends who makes you think valuable. Amen. The first type of friends I call the Job's friends. Job's friends. See, your friends explain who you are. Amen. I can look at the group of friends that you fellowship with. Uh, that itself is a huge talk altogether. You have friends you have relationship with and you have friends you have fellowship with. That is, that is a talk for the next week. So I'll not move in. But let, let, let's look at the friends. Okay, just keep it as friends tonight. Okay. Or I can look at your friends who you fellowship with and I can tell you whether you will fulfill your destiny or not. I can look at your life and know whether you will fulfill anything good in your life if I would know who is the listening, who is the advices that you are listening to. I can look at your face and I can know by just like a whisker, just, just like a twinkling of my eye, I can look at your friends, I can see in my spirit the advices that has come upon your life in the spirit and I can see in your mind, some of you, the advices that you have humanly taken. And you will always know those are bringing restlessness in your spirit. Those are blocking you. And those are the things and the voices that is uh, 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 stuck in your minds that, that is bringing a temporary block, but is going to remove tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. So the first group of friends called the Job type of friends, Job 42 and the 10th verse speaks about Job's friends. Let's read that word, Job chapter 42 and the 10th verse. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. These are friends who will disagree with you for a season, who will not understand you for a season. But God does not completely want you to disconnect from them. He might want you to disconnect from that comfortless spirit that they are trying to bring into your life. But God does not want you to disconnect from them as people. Amen. There are so many of you sometimes can bring discomforting situations. But that doesn't mean that I will disconnect you from out of my life. Hallelujah. Well, same thing with you. There might be people who come into your life who can bring discomfort, but you don't disconnect them completely. Amen. Because it is only for a season. Later they will be useful. That's why Paul's spoken about John Mark in 2 Timothy 4. He says, John Mark, once who used to be unfaithful, discomforting, you know, just leaving you out of nowhere, now he's become useful. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Bring him back to me. How many of you remember John Mark? Who is John? Who is Mark? Praise the Lord. Go home and read your Bible. All that you remember is the John, boss John, and the irritating guy who's sitting next to you, Mark. I'm not speaking about that. It's a, it's a person in the Bible. He's the one who wrote the uh, Gospel of Mark. He's the one who left Paul halfway, twice or thrice, leaving him away from his ministry. And Paul said, enough is enough. Please take your bags and go home. You are mummy's boy. You remain as mummy's boy. Go and have your soup and your porridge at home. You are not suitable for ministry, my son. 
after years he walked around he found a man called peter he found such comfort in peter because he said peter he said i i i disowned paul twice and peter peter said you only disowned paul twice i i i disowned jesus thrice come back praise god i have so so under peter he thrived he grew up praise the lord and peter spoke about what jesus has done from his ministry and that's how john mark wrote the gospel of john mark praise the lord he's the one who writes about himself in the gospel of mark who was a young man who fled in fear taking over big fled fled flooding in fear removing all his garments in naked such was the man god ended up used to write the gospel of mark amazing and then paul says in the after years when he was about to die he said bring him back praise the lord he's learned his lessons now bringing back is useful so he did not completely disconnect him only for a season he disconnected him. praise the lord amen you understood the principle because they might also love god the only fact problem is their knowledge about god is limited these kind of people it's not that they don't love god they love god they love jesus they have heart for the lord but the fact of the matter is they are limited they have not experienced god's love enough that they are completely selfless they have not experienced god's forgiveness god's love enough they have not built an altar with god enough somebody said your altar need to be anointed before your sermon amen these are people who altar is not complete not built an altar big enough they have not understood the god's plan and purpose that god released through his son and so they are limited they'll get there but they're limited they are in their first chapters and you are in their 25th chapters they are not compassionate for your 25th chapter they are in their first chapter they have so much to preach little have they lived when you are in the 25th chapter you need somebody who is close who understands you you know what i'm saying in other words they have not lived life enough they have not moved in ministry enough they put never put on your shoes enough they they'll understand you amen these kind of people have an opinion about everything very you become very opinionated it's not that you don't love god it's because you are still a long way you have to wear or you have to put yourself in somebody's shoe you have to serve somebody who has gone whoever who are close to me will know i make them be a good servant you know what i'm saying because otherwise they'll become self full of self full of opinions to break them hallelujah you have to be compassionate because the word of god has gone into their head the head has become ha so huge humongous that the heart has become too small you cannot touch people's lives you're judgmental you're opinionated you find faults in people's lives where you have never experienced because every time you're faced with a situation where you cannot agree with somebody don't immediately judge them go into god's presence and get a perspective of god there lies compassion because the lack of the knowledge of god make you insensitive and irritating look at somebody and say don't be insensitive over spirituality will make you insensitive people a spirituality that you have learned not by the spirit but by your understanding of god that's what job's friends had they had everything that job's friends spoke looked more spiritual than job said but god said what job said is right and not their friends as a matter of fact it is so foolish and when you read about job's friends what is foolish in it it's all super spiritual stuff but it's not line with god's heart 
God's mercy, God's compassion. It was letters without the Spirit. Hallelujah. What today's church needs to is to go on. Be with somebody who's, Bible says, weep with those who weep. Amen. Isn't it amazing that most of us preach God's word without weeping with the one who weeps? And we are giving advices. Two hours of advices gives not wins a soul. One minute of weeping with the one who is weeping will win him, will win her. But Job understood. Although they are displeasing, comfortless, irritating, insensitive, they're speaking without understanding to the point that Job wanted to disconnect from it, but it was not for the Lord. But the Lord said, don't disconnect because there is a ministry hidden inside of them. Ah. There is a ministry hidden. God wants you to keep them because sometimes God has given your ministry inside your friends. Ah, come on church. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. They are important. God unlocks certain things in your life through them. They are important. God has connected them. I call it the love test. Everybody say love test. Every person before he experienced double restoration double dose goes through something called the love test. Just as Jesus loved you unconditionally when you are insensitive and irrational and irritating, He wants you to do the same. Hallelujah. Where do you see all these things together? Go home. <laughs> insensitive, irrational, irritating. Husbands try to ex explain how well you should keep the kitchen when he does not know how to keep a tea, make a tea. And wives try to boss the husbands and to tell him how much he should adjust to her when it should be the other way around first. Hallelujah. But how many of you know that your ministry is hidden in your husband? Your ministry is hidden in your wife. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. If you don't have your spouses, you don't have a ministry. How many of you sitting here that your ministry was revealed? Praise the Lord. Your double anointings and double portion was revealed when you put, hallelujah, house in order. Praise the Lord. 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 How many of you know your ministry is hidden in your in-laws? Ruth understood it. You don't have a good liking for your in-laws. Chances are that you will fall in short of your God-given ministry. I don't know what face that you put in front of your mother-in-law, but do you have a good understanding that it is chances are that you're going through a love test and you need to pass it before you get your biggest breakthrough. Uh, come on church tonight. The purpose of every relationship is for you to turn to Christ. Amen. The relationships, God does everything through a relationship from Genesis to Revelation because the relationship will bring you to your knees. It is not easy to build up relationship. It takes all the help of the Holy Spirit to build it up. To tear it down, you don't need it. But to build it up, and it all starts how you are building your family life up. That's why the Bible says, love your wives. Is it finished? As, help me please. Christ, loud church. Some of you become too spiritual, even scared to make mistakes. As Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? you don't know it, open your Bible. Don't look at my face. Praise God. Here, Ephesians 5, verse 25 onward. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. Stop there. Put your name, say. If you're Preetam, say Preetam. If our Chako, it says Chako. Okay, let's all put our name. Love your wives, put your wife's name, not somebody else's. Be very careful. Somebody sitting next to you. Praise the Lord. 
don't don't make the mistake yeah so just give you 5 seconds to remember your wives are you, are you ready only husbands sir wives keep quiet for a minute okay chako love dipti are you, put it, put it, put your name and read it husbands <laughs> everybody is scared please <laughs> everybody is scared hmm read it pritham husbands love your wives just as christ read it she is listening to you pritham ah. love melina ah. just as christ also loved the church ah. and gave himself for it for her ah. that he might sanctify and cleanse it ah. with the washing of water by the word ah. that he might present it to himself a glorified glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that it should be holy and without blemish amen see husbands when you find a spot a problem with your wife instead of focusing on your wife who should you focus on to huh 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 christ christ what did christ do bring christ into your marriage focus on christ what did christ do he went and wiped off that mistake ah come on come on come on he went without without he she, he went and cleansed her made her spotless and ringing and made her into a glorious church oh come on church tonight instead of speaking negative and putting her down putting her parents down putting her generations down putting everything that is she is down all that you need to do go there hug her and just wipe it out she will be a glorious ah oh, come on come on church amen the other thing is easy this is difficult with that one act everything that you need to tell her she will realize it you think oh if she if i do that like christ did she will think she is somebody did you feel that you are somebody when you experience the love of god you felt you are a nobody come on you knelt down before god hallelujah so when you find a weakness in your wife don't look at her weakness but look at christ's love amen praise the lord now all the wives are you getting this amen ram pakodo shot hamara sikhe give you praise verse 22 all the wives don't forget your husband's name praise the lord put your name there and read it loudly wife should read it loudly yeah number 1 2 read it i am my wife is not here i'll tell her if she's watching please read it <laughs> read it huh? you are like the royal highness like diana and her daughter in laws never said this scripture of verse on their wedding are you following the royal suit come on they put their own vows some of you look you put the own your vows come on wives submit yourself unto your husbands as unto the lord for husband is the put your husband's name and say he is the head if you are a prima say husbatter is the head of prima even as christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body therefore as christ is subject church is subject to christ some of you reading as christ is subject to church the church is subjected to christ let the wives be to their own husbands not the one who is in your office your own husbands in everything hallelujah so when you have a problem with your husbands instead of telling him what a foolish man he is show him the king in him show him what an important man he is in your life show him how much that he means to you and your family show him hallelujah and say i submit to you and what does he become he becomes your savior praise the lord instead of thinking that he's a big boy he become a humble servant come on 
Come on, church. When wives submit to their husbands, he become a humble servant. When you fight for him for one sorry, but instead of fighting for him for one sorry, if you submit to him, he will tell you hundred sorries. Ah, come on, church. Pastor, this is your experience. Maybe. <laughs> Bring Christ. And who is missing there in that marriage? Huh? The serpent is missing. The old wily serpent is not there in Ephesians 5. Why the serpent came? Because Ephesians 5 somewhere was missed in Genesis 3. Blame game started. And the serpent said, Hallelujah, here comes. Amen. Praise the Lord. When you pass the love test and put, put you Christ, always in any relationship, put Christ there and see the perspective of Christ, how Christ would handle it. And suddenly you will see what that would, could have turned into something disaster. And agape love of God start flowing. Amen. Ordinary friends turning into extraordinary friends. Come on. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Ordinary wives turn into extraordinary women of God. Ordinary husbands turning into extraordinary men of valor. Come on. Hallelujah. This principle is followed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I pray tonight that this church, I want you to be turned. Let's put Christ back at our center. Let's church and the people in the church be turned to extraordinary out of ordinary in the name of Jesus. If you believe tonight, put your hands together. Give a praise offering to Jesus tonight. When David's men, disheartened, in debt and distressed, about to stone him, the most unreliable people on earth, David did not disconnect them. David kept them. It brought them into madness. Praise her. But he still kept them. And later, God turned them. When he passed through the love test, he went into the presence of God, encouraged himself. And when he passed through the love test, God turned them into mighty men of David tonight. Hallelujah. God will turn you to mighty men and women of God through the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The one who doesn't go through, he is Number two. Oh my God. Number one point itself took me a one hour. Judas type of friends. Hallelujah. Judas type of Jesus called in Matthew 26, 49 to 50. Jesus called him a friend. For lack of time, I'm not reading. In the Psalms, he's called the family of friend. Isn't it amazing? Jesus, closest, one of his closest friends was Judas. Isn't it amazing? He knew Jesus so well. He knew Jesus' emotions. Jesus' favorite food, what would irritate him, what, would, what he liked. Jesus trusted him with the money. You trust, who do you trust with money? Who, you, who really is your friend? Oh, money in the world. The moment I say money, every person who has a problem with money, their face will go. Say, it's so amazing to be on the stage. The moment I say utter money, every person who has a problem in their heart with money, I can see their face going down. You need to get that mammon out of your spirit. Praise the Lord. Trust them with money. John 18, 2 says, he even knew where he rested. That's why always his familiarity brings contempt. Some of my greatest people who are close with me, group of them got really blessed. They got close to me, they received an impartation, and they became more blessed. Another group of people who became close to me, they became too familiar with me, they did not get an impartation. Because for impartation is the most important thing. Because the one who has gotten close to you will get the moment he get into a habit of finding faults with you, you know what I'm saying? You are in a dangerous position. Judas started finding faults with Jesus. Why are you not helping the poor? Why this waste? Why this 
because I said, why Jesus not eating food on time? If you carry these kind of spirits, you might end up rejecting you or leaving you. For sure. But then God will bless you in such a way that people who will regret rejecting you. How many of you believe that? <laughs> but then you said, why did God bring these type of friends? It was necessary because Jesus called him a friend. Because these type of friends are the one who takes you closer to God's purpose. Oh, come on. Come on. It was Joseph's brothers that took him closer to the destiny. These are the type of friends that takes you to the... Jesus' purpose was to die on the cross and to defeat that enemy. And it was Judas that got him closer to it. Oh, come on, church. So Judas' type of friends are friends who will reject you, yet God loves it because they bring you closer to the purpose of God. Hallelujah. These are the kind of people who brings the giftings out of you, who brings the discernment. Or Jesus discerned. The spirit of discernment came when Judas showed. Hmm. When the enemy shows up, the spirit of discernment becomes active. Oh, come on, church. Hallelujah. And when you are getting closer to your victory, you might find a Judas on the way. But Judas's purpose is to show you the road to success. Ah, come on. Hallelujah. Amen. He might be on the way, but without him knowing, he also showed you the way to your success. Ah, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Haman was on the way of Mordecai. The very one who tried to destroy him told the king how to honor him. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. Ask Joseph, where did you find your way to the palace? They say, my brother sold me to Egypt. Praise the Lord. It was his hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The law of lift. Rejection is the law of lift. Jesus said, the stone the builders have rejected. Ah, it became the corner, our most important stone. It's a law of lift. Hallelujah. Rejections take you, hallelujah, closer to the purpose of God. Relax. Rejection throws you to favor. Rejection throws you to excellence. Rejection throws you to success. Relations, re rejection throws you to prosperity. Rejection throws you to supernatural ideas. Rejection throws you to faith. Praise the Lord. If you understand through the eyes of Jesus, Sometimes you can sense the smell of betrayal through the one who kisses you. But what the devil intended for evil, God will turn it for the good. Hallelujah. Number three, the chosen friends. I call the chosen friends, the Peter type of friends. These are friends who make mistakes. Times they could block you. Like Peter said, Jesus. In that sense, Jesus rebuked him. He said, you're worse than Judas. Get behind me, Satan. God called Judas friend and Peter Satan. Why? Sometimes they love you, but they can be the greatest blocks. But these are friends chosen by God. They will stick with you even if you call them a devil. Come on, church. Hallelujah. How do you know this is not a friend for a season and for a reason? This is friends that will stick with you for eternity. You can call them a devil. They can still stick with you. Because the purpose is greater than ego. Lift your hands and say, God's purpose is greater than ego. God's presence is greater than prejudice. God's power greater than the past. Amen. Always remember, God's purpose greater than ego. His presence greater than prejudice. His power greater than the past. You check the suitcase of these people. You will never see the handkerchief of self-pity. Peter cried once, but he never 
that handkerchief again into Acts chapter 2. He never said, Oh, Jesus, call me devil. He never took the sword of the past into Acts 2. You will never hear Peter speaking. That Malchus, that Malchus, it's because he came to hurt me. I cut the sword. You will never hear Malchus in Acts chapter 2. Some of you are still calling Malchus. Still have the sword. That's why Pentecost power is not there. Because she did this to me. I cut the area. Praise the Lord. You will never see the backslidden slippers of Peter in Acts 2. He never said, I'm so sorry. I've hurt God. I've hurt God. I'm useless. I've hurt God. You'll see their condemnation. You will see on the day of Pentecost, Peter, Rambakara Bashika, chosen by God sitting in the chosen place come on church if you want to sit in places chosen by God come on you need to shed your past you need to shed your self-pity you need to shed your resentment you need to shed your condemnation come on God has chosen a place for you tonight hallelujah to sit up and to experience the power of the Holy Ghost yeah 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 Peter understood he caught nothing with the past hurts. He caught nothing. That word means O-U-D-E-S-S, Greek word. Odes, nothing means door shut. Nothing means not one. When you keep carrying the hurts and the burdens of the past, it's a shut door. You won't catch not even a one. Blessing. Somebody said your past is like a wife. For some people, their past is like their wives. Why? Somebody after God married, you know, they were traveling in a bus, husband and wife, and the conductor asked for tickets. He said, how many tickets? One ticket. But you are two of you. No, no, no. Pastor said, no longer you are two, but one. Only one is. <laughs> Some people are like that. Hurts and me are one. You are married to your hurts. No longer we are two. Pain and me are one. Wherever you go, you take her. Silly you. And release a discord. God has put you these kind of people. Peter kind of people so that you'll pray because people who love you sometimes hurt you it only takes prayer God's presence to heal you it takes you closer to the law and it makes you tell you that how many people are there to love you the greatest love is the love of Jesus these kind of people are there for you that you learn to intercede for them Jesus said I prayed for you Peter I prayed though I am the one who is hurt but I am the one who is praying I prayed for you that your faith he's not praying for himself he's praying for her. amen because Jesus knew if he doesn't pray for them he will Peter will keep frustrating him and acts two Peter will be missing some of you my brother you have to keep praying for them so that in your good times they will still not frustrate you but they will be there to help you and to stand with you stand for you hallelujah blessed be the name of the Lord because if you pray for these people they will enlarge you the kingdom of God they will increase the testimonies of God. They will carry out greater things for God. Hallelujah in your life. Number four, I call this called the covenant friends. Daniel kind of friends. The covenant friends. The chosen friends, there is a time some of them will become covenant friends. 
because they're going to be with you forever. They'll suffer with you. They will reign with you. They'll pray with you, but they'll pray for you. There are people who pray for you, but there are people who pray with you. There are people who pray for you while you are in chains. But there are people like Silas who will sit with you in chains. Take the same beating and stay with you. Praise the Lord. They are willing to take the toughest assignments. There are people who are tested. They are happy when you are blessed. They are upset when things doesn't go good for you. Most of us are happy when our brother is not blessed. Not because he's not blessed. Because he's not blessed while you are waiting. You are okay with somebody getting blessed after you. But you are always upset somebody getting blessed before you. Come on church. Come on church. Because you are more spiritual than her. You might have more pastor and prayed than him. Somebody said, your friends who enjoy your enemies are not your friends. Your friends who enjoy your enemies are not your friends. And there are people who put you down and silently you're saying, hey, God is using them to teach pastors. Listen, you're not my friend, brother. They are so united that the friends of friend, the greatest of friend will be revealed in the midst of them. That is Jesus. Daniel and friends were so united that Jesus said, hey, I want to be there with them. In the fire, in the den. They are given to you so that you will not be burnt. That there will be somebody to intercede and stand with you. They are given to you that you will not fall in the trap of wrong friends. They will protect you. We know that the devil is not a friend but an enemy. The Bible says he transforms or masquerades himself as the angel of light. He will come like a friend, but he is not. And she is, and that is not your wife, husband or wife. Don't, don't say that he's transforming. It's like one husband said, was carrying his wife in the scooter in broad daylight with full, you know, the full headlight on. And a priest stopped him and asked him, why are you putting the headlight on on the broad daylight and wasting your petrol? He said, danger is behind me, just warning. <laughs> <laughs> dangerous behind. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, some of you are carrying the wrong people behind you. That's why Jesus, in his word, said, cast out Abraham, cast out Hagar, the wrong person behind you. Praise the Lord. As pretty as she looks, cast her out. Who is Hagar? Who is Hagar? The one who divides your family. The one who divides your peace. The one who discards between how lovely he is or how lovely she is. He's not your friend. Oh, listen to me tonight. Cast her out. They act like a friend, but they are not. Who are they? Who tell you, hey, you, what your husband saying is wrong. Hey, what your pastor, don't listen to him. Cast him out. Cast their voice out. These are people who delays your promises. Who delays your Isaacs. Who steals your joy. But who would eventually create disadvantage in your life. Take you from the place of advantage and put you to dis disadvantage. Let's cast that spirit out. That cast the people out. That cast those friendship out. That brings us in a disadvantage. Let's cast it out. Let's put the right people. Ask the Lord. Pray for Lord. Show off Lord. Show me Lord. The right people in my life. Let them enter through the door and the wrong people be shut out. Through the spirit. And I end up with this. How do you do that? No, Jesus is the friend of all seasons. Amen. Jesus is the true friend of all seasons. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
He gives you the plans to do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He gives me the plan. Jesus in John 15 said, I call you friends. I'm your true friend. Why? When you have a friend like Jesus, you don't need to fear the devil. How many of you have good friends? You have friends in top places, high places. You know that any moment of any season, I have this contact. Come on. Who can bail me out at any point of time? He's so strong that the strongest person. Hallelujah. Jesus is your true friend. If the devil is stronger, he is the strongest man who will bail you out in any situations of your life. He is Jesus, the friend of all seasons. He is your healer. He is your deliverer. He is your provider. He will do that miracle tonight in your life. Come on, church. If you believe it, put your hands together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's the one who was in your boat with you, in your storm. He helped you. A true friend helps you, my brother. Hallelujah. In John 11, 11, he, Jesus called Lazarus a friend. Even while you are in the biggest of graves, he comes to you and resurrects you. He's your number one friend. Hallelujah. Who's your number two friend? He's also Jesus. Because he's the second person of the Trinity. Praise the Lord. He's the one who mediate became the mediator between you and God. He's the only mediator between you and God. He's the one who said, I will take the responsibility to die for you on the cross of Calvary. And I will unite what you was disunited from. I will connect you to that God. Hallelujah. Of the everlasting. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He is the second friend. The most trusted friend. Hallelujah. Who's your third friend? That's also Jesus. Luke 11 and the fifth verse says, When one friend came from a journey, another friend came to another friend's house, the one who had the provision, and his name is also Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Who is your number three friend? He is also Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah. He has everything that you need. He is the true friend, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. He's your everlasting supply. If you knock at the door, he will open the door. He is your friend. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Who is your number fourth friend? The Bible says the fourth man was in the fire. Jesus is your fourth friend. In Babylon, there was an embassy to help them. It's called the embassy of the fourth man. Praise the Lord. There was a heavenly embassy in Babylon. Come on church tonight. When there is no embassy on earth is there to deliver you. There is a fourth embassy. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Our citizenship is in heaven and we have an embassy, a hidden embassy everywhere to deliver you from the power. Come on church. He is your fourth friend. Every fire will not hurt you. Even when you are thrown into situations. He is your fourth friend. Who is your fifth friend? The young boy had five loaves. He brought it for his four friends. He gave to every friend. It didn't multiply. But the fifth one, he kept it for Jesus. He said, let me try giving it my fifth friends. Praise the Lord. When you are in the wilderness, my brother, hallelujah, he's the fifth friends. Hallelujah. You have a million dollar dream. You need this fifth friend. Hallelujah. Give your dream to this fifth friend. He will make the million dollar dream come to pass. Come on. Come on. He's the number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. All these friends is wrapped up in one name. And his name is Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Oh, 
Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Surrender your life. Ask the Lord to fill you. His fifth friend will fill you. That's what Psalm 1 says. Blessed is the man who keep all the wrong friends away. Supply. The mocker away. The sinner away. Hallelujah. He doesn't have your miracle, my brother. The one who has the miracle is the one who is in the word. Blessed is the one who meditates the word day and night. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. He meditates the word day and night. What is the plan? Meditating about this Jesus. Day and night. Day and night. Hallelujah. And he will be the season. Friend of all season. He will give you deliverance and victory. And he will also open up the right friends over your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's close our eyes in prayer this evening. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord.